the first definition of a mother is to bring up a child with care and affection. We mother at home, in the classroom, as therapists, as case managers, and mentors. I'm Christian, a mother of three at home, a mother of the teen girls that I mentor, and a mother of the hundreds of students I've had in my 10 years of teaching. Passing the Crown podcast was created for the mother in you. Join me here bi-weekly as we tackle topics that will help us help build the next generation of strong, amazing young women. Hey sisters, thank y'all so much for joining me and being here with me today. I am overly excited, okay, that you decided to click here. So thank you so much for doing that. I pray that my excitement, all of the good things that I am feeling bubbling up inside of me, I'm praying that that boils over to you and it flows over to you. Even if you're already having your own good day, I want my happiness and my goodness to flow over you and take it over the top because now you're about to have an amazing day. Yes. Remember that God got you. He put you here for a reason. He brought you here for a reason. So let's go ahead and tag team and get through this knowledge so that we can make sure we are doing our part to raise the next generation of smart, strong, disciplined young ladies. Quote this, when I discipline my daughter, she learns. When I punish my daughter, she just hurts. How I learned, I first started to pay attention to the difference of discipline and punishment around my fourth year of teaching. I left KIPP and I went back into the public school district. In my classroom, I would notice sometime that I would fuss at a kid, okay? Like scolding them because they weren't doing what I wanted them to do or what I thought they should have already knew to do. And I started to see that not every time, okay? But at least 85% of the time when a kid didn't immediately do what I needed them to do, it was because they had no clue how to do that. There was one time I had a student and I, okay, look, I had to breathe in and breathe out, okay? Because I wanna insert here that I used to be very hot-headed and poppy offy, okay? Work with me here. If a kid was doing something that I didn't like, oh, man, I, cause I already told you what to do and I don't understand why you ain't getting it done cause the problem is you weren't listening to me. It's because you weren't listening and now you don't know what I wanted you to do. And granted, that was the case sometimes, but there were quite a few times where I would fuss at a student. This one student I'm thinking about in particular, I fussed at him because he didn't do what I asked him to do. He got so angry at me because he felt like I was belittling him. He stormed out of the room. I went outside. Of course, at first I was upset. You ain't doing what I told you to do. And you got the audacity to get an attitude with me and storm out of my room. Oh, we really got a problem now. But in talking to him, 
after he calmed down and I calmed down, because I did realize this a child, calm down fussing at him like that, because it's a kid at the end of the day. And you know, when you take some kids outside and it's just you and them, they're gonna, their whole attitude will change. So that's how it was with this young man. We went outside and he still had a little attitude with me, but he wasn't as loud and agitated as he was inside of the classroom. So I had time to talk to him. He simply did not understand what I wanted him to do, as in he knew the directions. He knew that I wanted him to read and that I wanted him to tell me his character's actions, but he was stuck on the fact of what is my character's actions? I don't I don't understand the character or what their actions were. I punished him because I scolded him aloud in front of all of those kids. That was a punishment for him. That's why he started yelling and going off on me because he felt like I was embarrassing him. I already don't know what you want me to do because I'm confused. So I'm already feeling bad and a little dumb. And now you put me on blast in front of everybody? That was punishment. When I stepped outside and talked to him, I was able to discipline him by letting him know how that works. If I ask you to do something and you don't know how to do what I'm asking you to do, how that works is you coming to me and saying, Ms. Burroughs, can you help me with an example? Because I don't get it. Raising your hand and waiting until I come to you and then just say, Miss Burroughs, can you give me those directions again? Another example. I had a female student. She did something rude to another girl that was in our mentoring group. I immediately got offensive and said, don't do her like that. Why are you being all loud trying to attack her? She just asked you a question. The girl felt attacked by me yelling aloud over everybody to her and now she's feeling the center of attention because I scolded her. She didn't say anything to me but then I heard her mumbling up under her breath. So then I said why are you mumbling? Tell me whatever you have to say. I don't mind listening. I'm standing right here. Now I know that sounds aggressive but I promise y'all I didn't say it in an aggressive manner. I'm standing right here. Is it something that you want to tell me? She finally turns around and says, well, I don't understand how what I said to her was rude. I was just telling her another great example. I punished her for doing something that she had no clue about. But once I was able to, I kept paying attention to her because I'm very observant. So after I continuously paid attention to her and I noticed her shutting down and rolling her eyes and mumbling, I was able to discipline. The discipline came when I told her, well, Kayla, this is what you said. She asked you this and then you shouted back, are you deaf? If somebody asks you to repeat something and you say, are you deaf? That's an in- that, that hurts people's feelings. Then I took some time to say, ladies, how many, if you ask somebody a question and they say, are you blind or are you deaf? How is that going to make you feel? And a few ladies started saying, yeah, that's, that's kind of mean. Like it made me feel attacked. Like, and so I was able to show them an example. Like, think about it. Cause we're all girls. We all get in our feelings. That was discipline because I was able to show her what she was doing wrong and I helped her with better ideas on how to fix that next time. So one, maybe go closer to her and talk to her and don't yell, are you deaf 
across the room because that's going to make her feel attacked. Think about how I just made you feel. So it's just two perfectly good examples where we can see that punishment would be me reacting to something that a kid does and I'm trying to get them back for whatever they did. Discipline is me explaining to the kid what they did wrong, giving them alternatives on how to fix it, giving them options on what they can do next time they're in that type of situation. Now, I wanna pause right here. I looked up punishment and it says inflicting pain. I looked up discipline and it started with practice of teaching. What I want us to pull out is that when I'm punishing, I'm simply trying to hurt you or get back at you. But when I'm disciplining, I am teaching. I want you to be better. I want you to learn something. When I was younger, (laughs) we used to get whoopings and talkings at the same time. Sometimes when you need a little help, it can start a search. And you're going to go searching for all of these great gems that are going to teach you what you need to know so that you can be the best at what you're trying to do. Well, sisters, your search, it ends here. We have created the Girl Guide, the facilitator's manual to working with teen girls. Click the link in the show notes to get your copy of the Girl Guide. Trust me, you're going to love it. You'll read about topics from dealing with compassion fatigue, dealing with difficult students, and even have activities on how to build confidence in girls. My friends, stop what you're doing now, go to the show notes, and download your copy of The Girl Guide, the facilitator's manual for working with teen girls. I know you'll enjoy. I'm whooping you and I'm teaching you what you did to get this whooping. And I'm also letting you know what you need to not do again so that this doesn't happen again. I would love to stress we want to discipline our girls so that they are better. We do not want to just punish them for the wrong things that they may do. What I learned, one, set clear expectations. You did this, this should have been what you've done. Give a clear, good example. Example, my student K, I set the expectation of letting her know it was rude in the way you said that and the way you did that. I gave her an example on how she could have correctly approached the other young lady. You could have went up to her one-on-one and talked to her or You could have asked her a question just in a better way. Two, use calm consequences and responses. Calm responses would be, I'm not yelling. My tone is clear and calm, and I am simply explaining to you. I'm not mad at you. I understand that you did this because you did not know. So let me teach you how to do it the right way. Explain what should have happened. Explain what will happen as a consequence. Give encouragement that they can fix it with consistency as long as they keep trying. Use calm consequences. 
Example, my first student that I mentioned, calm consequences happened when we went outside of the room. I told him, one, I made sure I calmed down. That was the first thing. I didn't want to yell at him. I didn't want to have an attitude with him. I knew that was not going to teach anyone anything. Two, I opened up to him and I explained what should have happened. I get that you're feeling this way and you feel like I did this to you, but you should have done this, this. I let him know what he should have done to ask for my help. Then in the end, I told him, go back and let's try it again. But next time, if that happens, we're going to have to call your parents or something and let them know that we need to talk about different ways for us to express ourselves and ask for help. Thing two, again, use calm consequences. Three, be consistent. Continue to reiterate your desired rules, routines, consequences, behavior, etc. Be consistent. If you every day have certain rules and disciplines in place, make sure the students, your mentees, know these things. I can do this by practicing. I can do this by having it posted and simply calling their attention to it every day. If I am acting one way with one child, my discipline will be consistent. How I engage and work to discipline child A, I will be consistent and work to discipline child B the same way. Of course, there might be special circumstances depending on the child, but for the most part, my discipline needs to be consistent. The students are watching that. Your children are watching that. I used to allow my son to have his phone in the morning time. I got to a point where I wanted him to be disciplined enough to not use the phone. My consistency would fade because sometimes when I was running late and we was just running out the house and I was trying to get myself together, I didn't really care about him being on the phone. But on those days, I was feeling good. I was determined. I was focused. Those were the days I fussed at him about not being on his phone. My discipline was inconsistent. So he would get on the phone and then some days I would fussed at him. Ken, we're not supposed to be on the phone. I already told you this. But guess what? Ken started getting confused because Ken is like, well, mama, sometimes you let me on the phone and sometimes you don't. So I don't know. So I had to go back and check my consistency. I don't want him on the phone. Then every single day I need to remind him, Kenton, I don't want to see that phone out. Ken, I shouldn't see that phone out. Don't just talk about the consequences that you're going to put in place Make sure you actually do those things. If you have trouble being consistent with rules and routines and disciplines that you're trying to be, that you're trying to put in place, try writing them down and storing them in your phone somewhere. And then set a reminder to periodically go through and reread those rules, routines, and disciplines. It will help those things to stay in the forefront of your mind, to remind yourself multiple times throughout the day, this is what I'm focusing on. 
This is what I'm doing. This is how I'm going to be consistent. This is what I need to do for this to work. Thing four, remember how you wanted to be treated when you were growing up. We will all be just fine being taught. If someone gives me a consequence, but it's done in an appropriate way, we're not going to be hurt by that. We're going to grow by that. Remembering how you wanted to be treated when you were a child will ensure that you are remembering that your child, your mentee, remember they are an individual. They have their own thoughts, feelings, all of that. When you're disciplining, make sure you think about loving and caring for them, teaching them. That's the goal. Doing that with kindness is what's going to build discipline. One, set clear expectations. This is what I expect for you to do. This is what I expect for it to look like and sound like. Two, use calm consequences. Do not yell. Be calm, voiced, level-headed in the mind. And teach them what happens when they do something inappropriate. Three, be consistent. Make sure you require the same thing from them all the time. Make sure your response is the same all the time. Make sure your calm consequences are known. So that when a child has to get a calm consequence, they already knew it was coming. One, set clear expectations. Two, use calm consequences. Three, be consistent. Four, remember how you wanted to be treated as a child and treat and discipline your child that same way with loving kindness and care. Sister, I thank you so much for being here. I applaud you for all of the time, the effort, the hard work, the tears, the pain, the happiness. Thank you for everything that you have put into making yourself better and the young people that you are attached to. I need you. They need you. Thank you for showing up. I cannot wait to hear all about the progress that you and your young person are making. I love you, sisters. God loves you. God is with us. God got you. He's not going to turn away from you. He's not going to let you down. He wanted me to tell you that you are doing an amazing job. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for strength, oh God. Thank you for understanding, oh God. Thank you for showing us your way, oh God. Show us what you need for us to do. Show us what you want for us to do, oh God. And thank you for bringing the things in our lives that will help us get done the things that you have planned for us to do. Lord, we thank you and we know that we can't go without you. So thank you for leading the way. Thank you for being the way. Thank you for being with us, in us, while we are on our way. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen.